0: Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to a DMN Women in Marketing podcast. And first of all, I should apologise that this starts with a male voice, but there is a good reason for it. So I am in Miami for the Episerver Ascend 2019 conference, and it's given me a chance to catch up at last with Jessica Danman, who was one of our 2019 Marketing Hall of Fame inductees. Hi, Jessica.
1: Hi.
0: Nice to see you. Yeah, and it's great to get this opportunity to talk to you um, about issues surrounding the role of women in marketing and in technology generally. And you, you conducted a, a great panel this morning on on the topic. And one thing I wanted to kick off with is this: we seem to have reached a kind of inflection point when it comes to women's CM, CMOs in technology Your CMO at EpiServer. A number of the big tech vendors now, quite a number, actually have women in the marketing role. Less often you see women in, in a CTO or CIO role, so there's still some, some way to go, would you agree?
1: Yeah, there's definitely some, some ways to go. I think it, we're lucky in our company, actually, our, our CIO is, is a woman. Uh, which is very nice to see and and everyone in in marketing knows there's a tight collaboration between it and marketing as marketing moves more into tech. Um, so we're lucky in that sense, but yeah, I definitely agree and and if I look broader in terms of our executive team, uh, we definitely have some room uh, some improvements there to do um, we We don't have enough uh, women in leadership positions today.
0: It's good to hear someone being really candid about that. You're you're not shy about saying, "Episode has got a way to go."
1: No, and we, we I, I think my whole thing and and what I've learned through life is is to be authentic and and to say to speak the truth. And I I sort of grew up in my career maybe trying to be someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, no, I'm just going to speak by, and say what I have to say and, and be authentic to myself. And, and there's definitely some room for improvement. And I think unless you actually talk about it, um, there's no point hiding it because then things won't change.
0: Yeah. And that's certainly a theme which came across uh, from the panel to me. You, you had a number of very strong, successful women up there, but I think every single one of them, when they told their story, they went through a period where they hadn't yet found their voice. Yeah. and that eventually they realized that finding their voice was going to be a key to success apart from anything else
1: yeah yeah, for sure and I think being true to what your voice is as well and not trying to pretend to be something else and, and finding that and I, and I think when it comes to finding your voice I always think about like what are you actually good at right so in marketing it could be you have a very creative side or you might be more analytical but then don't shy away from that. Like, If you are more analytical, well, embrace that. If you are more creative, then embrace that. Of course, we should learn like, the other side of it as well, but embrace who you are and, and, and speak your mind and find that voice.
0: Talking about diversity and inclusion, obviously it's women, but it also encompasses people of color, uh, LGBTQ. Okay. Um, one point you made is that we're past the stage of just thinking it'll be more fair to include people. You actually called it a business imperative. Can yeah. you expand on that? Well,
1: I I think it is, like, this is, I care about other women, um, and I am actually pregnant and, and expecting a, a baby girl, so, so very much care about it. But I also care about, I love seeing successful businesses, and I love when companies are growing and they're going through new phases and and I think the way to do that is, is to have a leadership team where you can sort of challenge each other's thoughts and and come up with new ideas because we all know if we do the same we're going to get the same results and I think that goes back to diversity in business and at a leadership position and so when you have the diversity at a leadership position you also want to make sure that you can reflect and understand your end customers as well, which I think is really important. Like not a lot of companies only sell to white middle aged right. men, right? So a lot of us have end customers that are from different gender, different age groups, different types of backgrounds, and you want your leadership team to be able to relate to that group in order to make smart decisions. Um, so I think it is. It, this is to me. It's 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 good for business. Like diversity is good for business.
0: And that's, it reflects a little bit the way the marketing has changed. In that, brands are no longer developing over the course of six months. One message, one campaign, mm-hmm. which is going to be broadcast to the entire public. Yeah, you really are talking to different audiences in a much more. It's just fragmented, but in a much more targeted way. So. You really need to speak their language, don't yeah.
1: you? Yeah, you need to. And, and there's obviously, I, I normally say that there's, in order for it to be um, true customer-centric you need both sides to it. You need the people side, so you need your leadership team in order to understand your end customers. But then you need technology as well. Yeah. Um, because technology will enable you to speak to those in an individual basis because otherwise you're going to go mad if you don't yeah, have the technology sure. to support you in that. right? And there's tech behind it that can, that, you know, you can have the right message to the right type of person when they need it.
0: Of course, there's the, the other side of this is when things go wrong, and it seems to be like, oh, I don't know, once a month uh, a well-known brand launches a message or an ad or something, and it sends completely the wrong message. And what I, I often sit back and think who was around the table when they made that decision because if they'd had more of a mix more of a diverse group of people somebody surely would have put their hand up and said that's going to offend someone
1: yeah and I think about that like I'm Swedish and H&M did a uh, campaign uh, it was about a year ago and that created a little bit of a storm and and that goes back to it like who was actually sitting at that table because surely someone with different types of background would have said, well, if I look at it from this perspective, and that's where it comes back to also your voice and speaking up. Because sometimes I think you have the right people around the table, but maybe not the environment where everyone feels comfortable speaking up. So you gotta create that environment as well where people feel safe and they feel like, yes, my voice counts and my opinion count, so I'm going to speak up and I have the right to do so.
0: So they have to be in the room first and then they have to feel that they're in an environment where their voice will count. For sure. What about the um, HR and recruitment aspect of this? Are you somebody who is sympathetic to the idea of trying to uh, fill certain quotas? What's your approach there?
1: Uh, I I personally... Don't uh, use it that way in terms of certain quotas. I think it is important to look at the management team and say, and also not only management but just in general and the company to to embrace diversity. I don't have a fixed number; it needs to be fifty-fifty. But I think from an HR perspective, what you can do is look at the way you write uh, advertising for different jobs, for example, and then also you know that. Women tend to apply for jobs when they take every single box. Right. Right? And men might take, yeah, I take two out of five. I'm definitely going to apply for this. Or I've done it once before. Yeah, I'm a pro. And where you have a woman who's done it a couple of times and they're like, yeah, I feel okay about this. Um, so it's also in the interview process and when you look at resumes, because um, a lot of times what you, what, we tend to do is use headhunters right? who go out and search for those people and you've you got to be mindful about this in the entire process about getting the actual people so you have them to interview but also in the interview process the way women and men tend to respond differently to questions.
0: There's, there seems to be a lot of unconscious bias at least a potential for it. First of all, the people going out there and finding people for you to interview, they might have unconscious biases. Yeah. And then when it comes to the interview situation, um, you may, even without knowing it, have certain expectations of how a man's going to respond, how a woman's going to respond. Yeah. It's very hard to control for all this, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: it is very hard. And I think also, um, you know, it's, it's tough. Like when you hire someone, you want that to be successful. It costs a lot of money to hire the wrong person person so what we tend to do is also hire from our net, uh, na- network yeah. right I had a sales leader I was working with at a previous company and he said like I'm gonna hire a new sales rep and I was like okay great and he's and he's and I was like you should think about maybe hiring a woman because you don't you only have one woman in your in your um, organization and he said but Jessica the issue is like I've been looking really hard and I don't know any women in my network and I was like let me help you I'll find you some um, so I did and that woman actually ended up being the best seller um, in the organization which is really cool um, yeah. so it's also like offering help uh, to your male colleagues uh, and sort of like, imp- like challenge them a little bit when they're thinking about recruiting from their own network
0: let's talk about male colleagues and uh, you know, what they can do and I often think, and you know, I struggle with this as much as anyone else. One thing you can often do is just shut up and listen, yeah. and give women a chance to speak. <laughs> yeah. Which is ironic that I'm doing this podcast. But, but <laughs> what what other ways can your male colleagues contribute to improving the situation?
1: Yeah, I think I think sometimes it is like let let a woman speak, um, and also. I very much believe that you need to make sure you have the right meeting structure uh, in place. And not only have, you know, be very clear on what's the agenda, what's the objective of the meeting, what are we gonna cover, and what is what are we trying to achieve with, with this meeting? That gives everyone the, the chance to prepare in a way that they feel comfortable speaking up. Uh, and I think that's important. I think that's super important. Some women, at least what I can see in my team, they they need to look at stats in order to feel comfortable, like to sort of back up their opinions. Whereas I have some men who who might feel a little bit more comfortable guessing a little bit, and it's like they might be, you know, 80% right, and they go with that, and there's nothing wrong with that either, like because 80% of the time they are right, um but you just want to make sure you don't lose those really good ideas. So. So just having the right structure around things as well, and, and being mindful
0: of it. Yes, well one thing that comes across, and I guess it's something we can't get away from, is that very generally, obviously there are exceptions, very generally men and women have different approaches in the work environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, from your comments it's coming across that men tend to be self-affirming and instinctive and, and mm-hmm. so on, where women can be more self-critical and prefer more of a process.
1: Yeah. Is
0: that, is that what you're observing?
1: Yeah. Um, I think also there's a lot of women who, when they get to a certain position, I've heard so many times where they say, I was at the right place at the right time. I haven't heard that many men say that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, like, no, you didn't get to that position because you were at the right place at the right time. That may have helped, but you got to that position because you have these skills, right? So, yeah, I definitely think there's some different approaches to things, and there's different cultures, yeah. American culture versus versus British culture, versus I lived in Asia for a couple of years, and different parts of Asia, Sweden, so there's different cultures as well, whereas, you know, a, an American man might be, um, if you, I, I generalise, might be very um, comfortable speaking in a meeting, uh, whereas a Swedish man might actually take more of a backseat position, so...
0: Interesting. Yeah. Now, you've said very clearly that you're passionate about this issue. So, what, let's talk about roadmaps and talk about product roadmaps. Week. What's the What's the roadmap for you in terms of uh, promoting and raising the profile of this issue? What have you got? What, you, what you am I doing? doing?
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make sure that when we do conferences, that we include this this um, topic. And. I'm always mindful when we do conferences as well that we try to have as many women on stage as possible, um, which isn't easy. We're in, the, we're in the software business and we still have a little too um, few women, unfortunately on stage. Uh, so that's one thing I'm doing. And, and then sort of within our company, what we've started to do is to have a women at EpiServer. right. So just having some certain, we have some lunches, we have some breakfast meetings, we have, um, in terms of Microsoft Teams, we have a group there where you can chat. Uh, we talked a lot about finance and making sure, how, how do you, your personal finance. Yeah. Um, so how can you save and how can you invest, because um, that's a big difference as well, how men tend to invest in stocks and, and m- not as many women, so we actually had some classes about that as well, so doing a few different things.
0: Lots of opportunities, okay, well thank you so much for this, and I think lots to congratulate you on since you were inducted into the Hall of Fame back in May, a uh, promotion to CMO, name change because you won as Jessica Fardin, but no, Jessica Danneman Got married, yes. And fam- family on the way. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. I've been very busy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations and thanks for joining us for this.
1: Thank you so much.